1: My name is Zach Selwyn. You may remember me as a host from ESPN, Attack of the Show, or even Immortalized, that competitive taxidermy show on AMC. We lasted one episode. Anyway, three times a week, I'm bringing you the realest fake news of the day. It's the Saturday Night Live News Desk, but in an audible format. Listen to the Audio Up News Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Listening
0: to Lips LA
1: with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott Lips, and welcome back to yet another edition of Lip Service, where we go through the past and journeys of prominent pop culture figures. And on today's show, we have with us Post Malone's protege, Tyler Yahweh. Uh, This conversation you're about to hear was uh, filmed and taped about a week ago. This guy is super fascinating, he is part of the new genre which is known as emo hip hop, emo rap. He's one of the breakout artists of 2020. He's got billboards up in Times Square. He's the most added at radio this week, but more importantly, he's got a great story. I think you guys are gonna really enjoy it. He's an all on good dude. And I love the fact that he's this generation's new rock star. He's part of this new generation, as mentioned, emo rap in the Wall Street Journal magazine, the enemy calls him one of 2020's biggest rising talent in Hollywood. Over 250 million streams. He just got back from touring that is pre-pandemic with Post Malone. I I love this guy, fascinating conversation, great vibe. He has a great aura about him. I think you're gonna really enjoy it. And welcome to the show in just a moment, Tyla Yahweh.
2: You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips.
1: Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots' tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featuring all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. And more, more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's Boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love it.
0: Hey, howdy do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. 2020 is a year
1: filled with uncertainty, but what is certain is my next guest is one of the biggest rising stars in music right now. Welcome to the show, Tyler Yahweh. How are How's you, my up, man? man? How you doing? I'm doing really well. How you doing?
2: I'm just vibing, chilling at the Casa. Can't complain, man.
1: Where are you? Are you in L.A.? Yeah, I live in L.A. Oh, nice, nice. But you were in Utah for a bit, right? Quarantine? Yeah, I was
2: in Utah. Uh, I was in Orlando, too, for a little bit, too.
1: Funny enough, a friend of mine was actually in your video yesterday. I believe you shot a video yesterday, right?
2: Um, my homie, 12 a.m. shot a video, and I pulled up on him. I was like one of the people in it like the cameos in it and stuff. Yes,
1: yeah, so I saw a picture of you on my Instagram. I was like, wow, that's, uh, we're actually doing the show tomorrow. It's so cool. So we're going to talk about your path and journey. I want to play some new music and get into your whole rise of fame over there. So tell me about the last couple months, what you've been up to. I know you've been recording some music and getting ready for the release of the new record, right?
2: Yeah, I've been working, man, like crazy. Uh, we've been shooting videos. We've been we finished up the album. Now we're in the mixing process. Uh, it's just been fun just, like, learning myself more and, like, creating more things that I come up with in my head. And that comes up in my head and just connecting with bigger artists like it was cool because my manager said something that made me realize something yesterday he said uh you could be in a room with a bunch of celebrities and be friends with them you could be in a room with a bunch of bums and still connect with them That's so true. like all i've been trying to do more is just connect 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 and just enjoy life right?
1: no question i want to talk about how you met dre we're talking about dre london right and, and austin rose and those guys <laughs>
2: Uh no um Tess is my manager and Dre London, Bobby, those are my managers. Right yeah, there. so
1: let's talk about how you met everyone and, and sort of how you started because your story is pretty incredible. And uh... uh
2: it's insane. Um well I met Dre 2015 when I opened up for Post actually, uh to, in Orlando. And it was just like a bunch of energy. It was like right when Post just started going, like became like post Malone. And out of nowhere, um like, I ended up getting in the studio with FKI first, and I did a song called 444 AM. It's out right now. You can see that. It's, all, it's everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And, like, Dre ended up loving the song, and he was trying to figure out, like, my whole situation. And at the moment, I was actually with the owners of Rolling Round, Tark and Matt. And it was just like 2015, ended up moving to LA after all that situation. Like, I was in a little situation already. Moved to L.A. Two years later, ended up running into Dre
1: again. I want want to to talk about that for a moment. But but take me even back before that, because you actually grew up in Orlando. You were part of the whole music scene there. I actually had on the show the other day, Perp, and we were talking about sort of the camaraderie between the artists and, you know, growing up in Florida. and Was there a camaraderie for musicians when you were growing up in Orlando? Like, all of
2: us hanging out type stuff. We all knew each other, like... Yeah, did you feel like like there was was sort of a a pack? Yeah, we had had. a wave going. We had, like, this underground wave that nobody was really, uh, like, knowing or understanding, like, and we were, like, selling out little venues, crazy kids coming through just mosh picks. It's like a whole different scene that we were a part of, you know? Because you started making
1: music super early on, like, 13 or 14, right? 13 years old. I was making
2: music since, like, 13, so it's, like, I always was in the streets, like, just promoting my name heavy going to every showcase every i was even like I, I had like a little marketing tool like i did a video and i put a uh, request my song on the radio station and i had like all these different high school kids request, like calling the radio station to request my song and made it happen
1: i love so, that And so. you were hustling at like 15 over there
2: uh hustling <laughs> real deal hustling
1: and were you a part – because obviously there's a whole sort of new genre that's emerged the last – I mean, obviously with this sort of like – it's called, you know, emo rap. So you have obviously Little Peep and all those guys. I mean, do you feel like this is a new genre that you helped create in a sense? Because I love the fact that your background is you – also love a lot of the rock and roll stuff. That's a really um, – I think, too. honestly, I was part of the whole – I'm part
2: of that whole culture too. Yeah. Like with the X and ski Mask and everybody – like the – like little, like little Pump, Perp, Peep. You know, like,
1: yeah. p- I'm part of that whole thing. Even after the fact that your new song's called Tommy Lee. So were you a crew fan growing up?
2: Oh, definitely. Definitely Motley Crue fan. Definitely, yeah. like, that. Like rock stars was, like, something that I always wanted to be. I always wanted to be on stage. I always wanted to have a guitar in my hand. I always wanted to keep singing. So it's, like, seeing that whole lifestyle of, like, the leather skinnies, the, the boots and the, just, like, the crazy hairdos and stuff. That shit was so fun to me as a kid. Yeah. So I, reached, like, I, just got, I just fell in love with rock.
1: That's what I used to look like, but I won't give <coughs> <create> you the pictures. <laughs> um, the hairspray? Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, I had the, the huge like blonde hair for many, many years. I was part of that whole Guns and Roses movement many years ago. That's um, fire. But yeah, but walk me through your whole journey there because I, I think it's super interesting. So obviously you meet the guys from Rolling Loud, you start putting stuff on SoundCloud. You're only like 15 or 16 at that point. And, and tell me, talk to me a little bit through like your path and your journey and how that all started and how you kind of got to where you are today. Uh, you know, I'm,
2: I'm from a small town called Altamont Springs in Orlando. So it's like, it's not the best place in the world. It's it's kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's out there, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening. So growing up there is just like, yo, you had to get it one way or another. You know? You're know, going to go to school, you're going to get a diploma, you're going to get a regular job, and you're going to keep working, so- to provide your family or are you going to hit the streets to provide for your family and I didn't graduate high school so I had to hit the streets you know so what
1: were you doing to, I mean you were you I know you were hustling but like talk to me about how like music came about for you so how did you get into it what were the well you know my, sister, you my sister
2: was in a girl band so like I was always like around music my whole like whole time like my whole life so just music was just something like like I One day I was just like on YouTube and I seen like the whole come up of Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller, Nipsey Hussle. Like they were doing all these little vlogs and stuff. And it just made me realize like, dang, I could do the same exact thing. I have a talent. I know I can, I know I can do it. So I just got in the studio, like went to a hood spot, hood studio, house studio, $20 an hour studios, one of those, and just started making music and really like, tried to perfect the craft to a point where it is now.
1: Because initially you were into magic, right? And dancing and all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah,
2: dancing, skateboarding, magic. Like, that was just like, and just, I was just interested in weird things being a kid, you know?
1: Chris Angel and a bunch of cool shit.
2: Yeah, you found out all that, man, that's crazy.
1: (laughs) And at a certain point you decided music was probably going to be your path, right? Because the song started really hitting, even at an early age in high school, the song started traction, right?
2: Yeah, it started getting traction. So it's like, yo, I was going to like parties and freestyling at these parties and all these kids would sit around while we just freestyling. I'm the only one. I'm going in with written and stuff, but, you know, I'm coming prepared to the the situation. Yeah. And it just, that's how we just, I just kept doing things, just connecting with people, going to college parties, selling people. I was, you know, I was selling weed at the time and doing other shit. So I'm going to college parties and I'm just starting to, uh, a cypher circle was a uh, who's rapping, would start rapping out of nowhere.
1: And, so. and at that point, SoundCloud was sort of the vehicle to get your stuff out there, right?
2: Uh, SoundCloud wasn't too popping yet, but it was just now starting to pop up, And then it just, it just caught a wave.
1: And you decided that to move SoundCloud. to LA, right? You moved to LA like 18. Yeah, I moved at 19. 19, okay. Yeah, 19. And talk me through that. How is it when you move? You don't know anyone, you move in there, you got like skateboard and your bag, and that's it. You move to Venice. What's it like?
2: Uh, I didn't know. I was just like, I felt like you ever watched Lord of the Dogtowns? Yeah, of course, great movie. I just, I felt like Jay Adams in Lord of the Dogtowns, and <laughs> didn't know where to go, but I, I just had a mission. I had like a, I had a dream, and it didn't scare me at all. Like I was just ready. I was just ready for the war. You know, I was ready to like. I was at a point in my life where it was like, it was either be dead or in jail, and I wanted my mom to be happy, and I wanted to be successful, so I. It's just the, the leap
1: of faith. No doubt. Now, then, who did you end up meeting that you get into the studio with French Montana and and Rocky these guys? Because obviously, the oh that man, that's known so crazy
2: anymore. talking about that. Me and French was talking about that last night. I was with him last night, and we were like, "Damn, five, like, like six years went by so quick." Like, yeah, all this shit just happened out of nowhere. Nah, but it was uh, it was a guy named Spiff TV that I was actually um under a shit contract with very shitty contract but shout out to spiff because if it wasn't for spiff i would have never been in that situation and now like i have a i'm a i have a good friendship and a relationship with french and that whole situation was just beautiful to me you know yeah it was just meant to be like he left it's crazy because he invited me to the studio right like i didn't know where i was at I was just, he just invited me he's like yeah pull up to the studio Pulled up to the studio. I didn't know all these people was gonna be in the studio. And then he leaves. Like he he just disappears.
1: <laughs>
2: right. Like I'm like, okay, you just got me here. Or like I'm, just, I'm your guest and you just left. So I'm just like freestyling out. They're playing beats in the studio. Like French is sitting in the room, Danny Boy Styles, A1. Uh and like they playing beats and I'm just I'm just freestyling. I'm just freestyling. And Danny Boy Styles, is like, yo, just go in the booth, cause you over here spitting bars, like. You got a hook, you got the melodies going, like whatever you doing, you need to go do that right now. I did it and like French heard it. He's like, What the fuck? This shit's hard. Then ASAP heard it and then it just hopped right back hopped in it. Like it was just being in the place at the right at the right time.
1: And was that the moment, that sort of the reckoning where you're like, hey, listen, this is definitely my path now because, because Oh yeah. Listen, yeah. That
2: this was it. it. That was yeah. it. That was like, yo, like I like I was I didn't really have a dollar to my name. I was like I was sleeping on the couches and stuff at that time. And it was just like, yo, this is it. This is my time. This is like, this is what I'm, I finally stepped my foot into the door, you know? And I'm not letting it go, like.
1: Yeah, so the song the song is, is fire, you start doing well, and then all of a sudden, eventually you get a deal with Epic. Like, how did the whole thing come about? Um, Just
2: constant work, you know? We had, we had like, hella like, situations that we had on the table. Had a couple, de- we had a couple little deals that we had situations, but you know, I just like wrote it out. I kept working hard, and then like the thing with Epic is just like they showed that they wanted to be there part of the process. They wanted to see like it was in the studio with me. They were listening to the music. They were, they were coming to all the shows, and they were just being part of my whole career like right away before I even signed. And it was just meant to be, like it's just a perfect team, you know. We worked hard together. We got my first debut project. It was "Heart Full of Rage" done so quick, and we, I had to—I like literally signed, finished my project, and went straight on a Europe tour. And it was just like from there, like just takeoff season.
1: It's almost like the American Dream scenario, right? I mean, if someone was to hear your story, they wouldn't think that it could happen that quick. But it's—it's it's the
2: exact. It, it reminds me of the Jim Carrey, um, yeah, story. Like, yeah, yeah. his whole story, like how he had like a million dollar check, yeah. sleeping on rodeo looking at all these cars, he had a fake million-dollar check until he could actually cash it, you know? So it's like, that was the coolest thing in the world.
1: By the way, what did yeah. you do with your first big check when you got it?
2: Um, You know what's crazy? I, I, I actually, like, I took my friend, my best friend shopping.
1: Oh, yeah, that's cool.
2: I took Where... my best friend shopping. I was like, bro, I had to do something nice because he just, like, he stayed, like, my friend, he stayed down for me, like, for so long when I didn't have shit. Like, he was always there, hustled hard with me. We slept, we had, like, a one-bedroom apartment together. We trapped it out, like, so he was always there. So I'm like, I just showed him a good time. That was the first person I wanted to show a good time. And then we just kept, like, when I got my deal, we just kept working, we were just always working. So it was like, we're living and working at the same
1: time. Was there ever, like, a point where you sort of second-guess yourself and doubted, hey, man, maybe this isn't my journey, like, I was turned down, by this man. never. Never. Yeah. So that would be actually a great word of advice to people that wanted to kind of emulate Uh, what you're doing, because you never really gave up. You've always been hustling, right? Oh man, it's
2: just like that. I never had that fear to give up. Like I just, if I give up on something, I got a plan B. I got a plan B or a plan C. Yeah. Like I'm gonna keep going through the whole alphabet until I make that that shit happen. You know.
1: And so, so walk me through the time. So obviously you ended up touring with Post. I think when this whole thing hit, you were touring Europe with Post, right? You've been on the road for the last couple of years, right? Oh, bro, we were on the, the road for, I feel like, two and a half years.
2: How long? We were on there for a minute, bro. Like, it just felt so long. We've seen the whole world twice. And three play, times. And
1: playing where? The, the, the best places in the world? You're playing Leeds, Reading? Like, where else were you playing? Leeds and Reading, South Africa, Hungary, Buddha, the Siget
2: Festival, uh, Sweden, uh, Australia, O2 Arena, amazing. Um, all these big spots. Amsterdam, like New Zealand, like all the like. When it really hit me that I was like doing something crazy, it was New Zealand. Like when I had, there was probably like hundreds of kids sitting outside of my fucking my amazing. hotel waiting for me. Amazing. I walk down the street. There's like people following. Like I'm I'm at a like a random like. Um, I'm at a, I'm going to, I post this spot, like I didn't even post where I was, I just posted my face and out of nowhere, like these kids pull up to the restaurant, like that showed me right there that we got something going on. And I, Halfway I around going. the world. Yeah, and we're around, we're in the, We're in New Zealand, like right. And these people, like they're playing me on the commercial, on the TV, like they play it. like one day we were on, I remember we were going to like the casino or something after it was like an after party, me and my manager was like, yo, we're in the, the sprinter. We're like, yo, who's playing that? And it was high right now on the radio. Like, we're like, damn, they're playing this shit out here. Like, that, this shit's real.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about high right now because you end up working with a lot of guys that you sort of, you know, these are childhood idols yours, I guess. Whiz, right? And certain, and I actually saw you have the guys from Green Day in the video too, right? Oh, yeah. Billy Joe, that's Billy my Joe's idol, friend. man. Yeah. That's my fucking
2: idol. Like, yeah. I made my sister get me every single Green Day album. Like, when I first heard about it, was the Dookie tape. That's how yeah. I first heard about them and shit. And, like, from there, I, I got, like, all their tapes and then got a first deck guitar. And I was, like, probably second grade, second grade, third grade. My mom didn't really, like, understand. She was like, yo, this kid is in love with rock music. Like, <laughs> you're from the hood and you just into this different culture that's way far from where
1: you're from. But I actually love it because you're this generation new rock star. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I love what you stand for because at the end of the day, Tyler, this is where I grew up, and it's great to see these references, right? And Billy Joe and Green Day, shout out to those guys because those guys are the other guys in Green Day. My family, I love those guys. Mike. Oh, man, the whole,
2: the whole squad in Green Day. Like, yeah. we, we partied one time, and those, those guys know how to party. That's all I got to say. <laughs> They're great they guys. Brought, they, bra- they brought, brought the rage out of both of us one day. Yeah. It was crazy.
1: Talk about how that song came about. Obviously, it looks like you smoke a little weed right now. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Got, got, you got to smoke. You got to stay
2: medicated, man.
1: Yeah. So talk to me about, you know, working with Wiz and with Billy Joe in the song. And obviously, this is uh, one of your breakout songs. I think it's actually the song that has the most plays right now for you. Talk about oh, how... Tom, right oh, now. Tommy Lee is coming up. is rising up on it, too, right Yeah, now. yeah.
2: Like, just, every song is just hitting that trifle effect now. But uh, how did right now come That about. song was made off of a Vegas trip. It was a Vegas trip, literally. And that's it. Actually, my friend was my best friend was with me. He, like, this is the guy who dropped me off. Hey, what's Brooklyn. up, my brother? He dropped me off on Venice Beach. So he's I'm the like, inspiration for the song. Oh, uh, he was with me, and um, we we got it's crazy. We got lost. You know those fear and loathing days.
1: Yeah. we got <laughs> lost.
2: We got lost, and we literally lost each other in Vegas a lot. Like I I didn't have no phone. I woke up in a random. Like a random suite, like I'm like, what the hell? How did I get here? Breakfast come in. It was just a movie. It's like a, a total movie. And my manager's like blowing my friends up because I got a, a important studio session that day with important people, with the producers and stuff, Fernando and um, and Nasri, and like I just couldn't like we nobody can get in touch with me. Everybody's looking. We are looking for each other, and finally we find each other. And we hit the road right away. And, like, my manager's, like, blowing us up. Like, yo, hurry up. Where are you at? Where are you at? When are y'all going to get here? We, three, we drove. So it's, like, three hours away. Yeah, yeah. And I fall asleep. My phone died. And I'm like, yo, I got to go take a shower first. Man. I didn't even take no shower. It was straight from Vegas. And then we just hopped right into the, I hop right in the studio. And I was like, yo, somebody put Molly in my henny. So I, am like, started going crazy. Like, it was a whole... <laughs>
1: A scene out of a movie. Thing.
2: Yeah, it was a whole scene out of the movie, and he made the song high right now.
1: Right, like, it was just created that same night. And Wiz is someone that you always looked up to, right? So how did? Because he's on the remix of the song. So how did that come about? It was just pure manifestation. I was like,
2: Yo, I want to do a, I want to do a, a remix, and only person I want on this is Wiz. That's all I said. And like, we reached out, and it was crazy. Like he just sent it back right away. Like he was on tour at the time, and then. I was on tour and I just remember waking up and it was a, like the song was on my phone. I was like, oh shit, this is real? Oh, no, this is, de-. and then he did the Broken Dreams uh, he, like, lyrics in it and we're like, whoa, how the, how the fuck are we gonna get this cleared? Like, how are we gonna get this cleared? He's singing like Green Day's lyrics in this song. So, and out of nowhere, at, like towards the end of the tour, Billy Joe pops up in the room. Amazing. Like, he just pops up in the room. He came to nowhere. see your play
1: or what? So he came it? to
2: see Post play. Oh, and cool. So, cause, and then out of nowhere, Post was going on, on the stage. He was still in the room and I'm like, yo, I just like shot my shot right there. I was like, yo, you don't understand. This is a, this is crazy to me. Like you're like literally the reason I make music. And it was like, I made a song. Like we literally made a song and we used like, it's lit. we put your lyrics in the song. He, he heard it. He's like, whoa, this is crazy. I was like, I-, I can't wait to do a song with you. He's like, I guess we already did. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, shit. So th- it just happened so naturally. and We just became cool friends. We vibed out that night, got my number. We were talking every day, and then we just made it happen.
1: That's awesome. That's so great. And then he decided to be in the video too, right? He decided
2: to be in the video. I don't know how we did it. The- we, my Shout out to my manager, Tess, and yeah. uh, Chris Villa. They pulled that out their ass, the whole video. Like, That's awesome. We did it off of, like, we did it, no budget,
1: just us. Like, just straight going, you know? It's great. All the videos have a great quality and a great look to them. It's all the same guy that directs a lot of them, right?
2: Oh, yeah, it's my little homie, uh, Chris Villa. He, yeah. he lives with me.
1: He's He's with me everywhere I go. He's great, really great. Let's talk about a little bit about your other influences. It's growing up, what other music did you listen to, Tyler? You know, in um, the rock world, too. It's it's really interesting to me. To, in the know, rock
2: world, like, literally, through. I listened to, like, My Chemical Romance, the, like, The Used, yeah. uh, Row, Take Me Back Sunday, uh, Panic. Um, you can go from um, Slipknot to,
1: fuck, Corn. Uh, uh I I can go all day like You think you're ever going to put out like a really heavy song like Slipknot one day? Uh
2: I actually have a crazy heavy I have a few crazy heavy songs but I got a heavy song with me and Travis Barker actually so cool. that's another legend like Blink-182 is just yeah, like, I, have a song, I did a song with Juice World. Rest in Peace my brother yeah. and it it's not it's not out no more but we we're working on it putting it back out uh, it's called Blink-182 Amazing And it's just crazy. All the references I make, it just happens, like, to happen in some type of way.
1: Yeah, so talk about how this song Tommy Lee came about, too, because obviously that's something that really connected me to you, too. I mean, I love Tommy. I've been to that house, I think, where you guys filmed that yeah yeah. he opened up the door when i met him he just gives me a hug like he's like a 16 year old yeah it's the same vibe it's the same
2: vibe man it's
1: it's like being in high school again exactly exactly so did that song come about first and then you got posted jump on it or you already yeah
2: i i actually recorded it first like right before we went on tour like i was in the studio for probably damn near like six like four months straight three months straight like every single day in the same room, that same room where you see me recording it and stuff. And like, I was just like recording one day and I I wasn't like really, I didn't really want nobody in the studio with me at that that day. So I just like kind of kicked everybody out. I was just in my own vibe and I was just coming up with this vibe. And it was actually, I was supposed to say living life like a rock star. You, You could call me Tommy Lee, but it wasn't sounding right. So I said, just say pull up stretch limousines, and I was like, yo, I'm going to just call the song Tommy Lee, because it's talking about not giving a fuck and, like, calling people out on their bullshit and just being yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, one day we're in D.C., Posty's like, yo, let's record. We pulled the, the studio equipment to his hotel, his hotel in D.C., and then I played that song, and he just kept, like, yo, play that back, play it back, play it back,
1: and he just hopped on it. Because I love the fact that he obviously, you know, he definitely bends genres to music, and he's a guy that's working with the Chili Peppers, to Aerosmith, to uh, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, right? Fleet <laughs> Mac,
2: Fleet Mack Wood, like so yeah. many different people, man. Like, yeah, he, he's just with all the with all the legends, and he's a legend
1: himself. Definitely. Do you guys connect on that that point? Obviously. Oh, a- of course. Every day, we just love music, and yeah. he, he listens to every everything
2: I listen to. He listens to. And, like, it'd be crazy because I'll find a new artist, and he'll find a new artist at the same time as me. He's like, <laughs> And then we just go, lit, we just binge that artist's music, you know?
1: That's awesome. So, Talk about your relationship a little bit with Post. Like, when you first met him to now being on tour with him, making music, being, like, his protege, right? It's like, I don't like saying, that's just my
2: best friend, man. That's, yeah, It's like, and he, he just, he, like, we're the, we're the same age, and it's just, like, constant it just constant memories and just just moments and just enjoying the time while we're here and that's like that's like our whole motto is just this is this the life you choose so you're going to live it and it's just dope just having a good like someone like that on your side that just supports you and root for you and that's way that's like on top of the world right now yeah. and, and to have someone that's behind you like that and it's an everyday blessing i couldn't thank them anymore What's, and, like, your
1: favorite memory of the tour that you just did with him?
2: Uh, we had a, oh, Sacktown. <laughs> we, <were, laughs> we, uh, we were in Sacramento, like, we were riding scooters, we were just walking down, we were going, we were, we went, bo- we went from drinking these fish bowls, like, crazy fucking alcohol, like, rum, vodka, Red Bull, all this different type of, li- it was, like, seven, seven different liquors in it. And we were just drinking those things. Went went from that went to bowling to playing craps on the bowling. Playing, <laughs> we were playing crap, hood craps on the on the floor of the bowling alley with dollars and stuff. We were playing dollar games, and we were just having fun, you know. Like that was a that was like a time like where we were, we were just like it was just unstoppable energy, and that's when we made the our secret band, Hover Boys.
1: And What's that like all about?
2: That's like our family. It's just like some funny drunk stuff. Like I'm Skyler, he's Chandler, and I, he's the sensitive one, and I'm the dancer.
1: <laughs> Are we gonna be hearing some music from that group soon, or
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> so let's let's talk about the new record a little bit. It's coming out soon, right? Do we have a release date for it yet? No release date. Okay, but it's coming. Cool. It's and like, you collaborate with a bunch of artists: Travis, The Baby. Who else is uh, on the record?
2: I got G Easy. Awesome. We got some more stuff from Wiz. Shout out to Richard Kid,
1: Gunner. It's a lot of people in there, man. Definitely, definitely. And so it's called Rager Boy, coming out Rager soon.
2: Boy. Yes, sir.
1: Cool. And, and just a couple more questions I wanted to ask. Filming the video of Tommy's plays, having him play drums and that, what was that like?
2: It, it was honestly unbelievable, to be honest. Like, I was geeked. <laughs> I was as geeked as him, but I wasn't showing it. I was trying to not, like... Not, not be a nerd like yeah. you know. and then when i started seeing him get more excited i was like yep i can be in my i could be in i don't have to like hide myself from from anybody because you never know we're in a whole different generation so you never know like some people don't really but the fact that he had me come to his crib he was like so hyped about doing the remix he got john five on it, yeah, it was just awesome. So, that's just
1: awesome yeah. that's just awesome yeah and the record's blowing up right now so is there what's the next single coming out um, I can't tell you. you can't tell, okay, I can't tell you yet. But right. It's coming. It's like right around the corner. We're working on it right now. Do you know when it will drop? It will drop this month, next month? Man, it's back to back, back to back, coming back to back. Just a couple more things I wanted to ask you. Like, what's the key to staying so humble? Because obviously, I love your vibe. You seem like such a great dude. I can't wait to hang with you in person one of these days. Obviously, it's, better than Zoom, right?
2: It's loving it. Yeah, for sure, man. It's yeah. for sure. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's just loving yourself, man. You got to really love yourself. You got to you gotta understand yourself and what you really want. And once you figure out that happiness in yourself, like nothing can ever break you down. Nothing can ever stop you from being the person that you are. And when I say I want to be a nice, humble, give people positive energy every day, I'm going to do that. I'm going to preach that. I'm going to practice what I preach, and I'm going to make it happen. Like we believe in manifestation. So everything that, like from this whole – Album Rager Boy, like every every song that we got someone on was just a thought, and I'm like, Yo, this person to sound fire on this, yeah. this person to sound fire on this, and then out of nowhere that person's on the record. It's Anybody like that you the did power record of your. is the you power, power of your.
1: With? Huh? Anybody that you didn't, that you still want to collaborate with?
2: um yes there's a few definitely young thug i was actually with him like we were in his like in his his area last night with him and stuff so just being around that energy was just like all right it's 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 on it's right around the corner that's next um and drake for sure talked to him multiple times like just to know the fact that he's heard my music and we had our conversations at his crib in toronto like amazing it's amazing you know like yeah comes to the shows we play beer pong like it's all that you know yeah. so it's cool like to know that and every time he sees me he comes straight up to me give me a hug like That's damn awesome. this person this person this person knows who i am like this is the person that we grew up watching on tv like yeah. all types of stuff you
1: know it happened so. fairly quickly for you too right and when you think about it and you look back on it. it's really only a couple of years uh, yeah. uh, it,
2: it's it's not too long but it is it's just a journey that was long yeah but it, it, it happened quick
1: and, and any advice like- you give the kids who are kind of tuning in? Like, I know that you've always talked about having no fear and uh, just hustling. So, any advice along those lines?
2: Oh man, like with all the kids that's going through certain situations, you just gotta believe. You gotta be patient. You gotta like understand your surroundings. And the best thing is to connect with people. Once you learn how to, once you walk in that room and everybody's like you are the life of that room. That's when you know you have the energy to become that that star, of, become of whatever you want to do in whatever
1: industry you're in. Yeah, manifested. I love those words. So true. So true. So check out the new record, Rage Roy, coming out soon. We don't know when, but it's momentarily new music dropping very soon. Hey yes. man, it's such a pleasure, Tyler. A pleasure. And I make sure you I go hang. run up that stuntin' on you, featuring the baby too. Just yeah. Drop that. Any any stories behind that in the video, which is great by the way. The lottery. Um, is-
2: the, yo, we, we just, I know it was, was kind of hard to shoot it during this whole quarantine thing, but we made it happen. We had to make it happen, man. We had to put the record out. We were safe and stuff. Um, it was just dope. Like, I, I made the song, it was, like I said, right before I went on tour again, I was uh in Malibu, like, just looking at the ocean, mate, we were just vibing we were on tour, listening to it. We were showing my fans at, like, meet and greets. And I just kept saying, "I want to hear the baby on this, the baby," and got him on there. Like my manager reached out to his people, and he sent it back ASAP and gave us a fire verse. And he's a good. It's just cool to have music with like the number one artist right now that yeah. everyone listens to. It's like so strategic, and it's not forced. It's organic, and just keep and just keep it going.
1: Yeah, your story is amazing, brother. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to hang with you. And uh, shout out to Austin Rosen and everyone we know in common, which is quite a few. Yes, sir. And uh, and I hope I get to see you soon in person. Oh, real soon. All right, my man. Take care, Tyler. See you soon. Okay. Bye-bye.
2: You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips.
1: And there you have it, guys. My interview with Tyler Yahweh, an artist on the rise. This guy is working with every new hot artists out there. baby, g Easy. He's worked with people like Travis Barker. I love his references and the fact that he's tapping into rock and roll. This new genre, emo hip-hop, emo rap, whatever you want to call it, it is definitely here to stay. I think it's the future actually. I feel like kids these days, you know, are not tuning into rock the, the way they used to, but they are obviously tuning into hip-hop. And a lot of these guys growing up have these 90s, My Cam romance, these emo references. and And that, you know, blending of genres. It's what's so interesting to me and where it's all going. This kid is on the rise. So make sure you download his new record, check it out. So much more to come from him. He's a shining star, great vibe, great story. And uh, if you like the show, please make sure you rate, review the show. Five stars would be great on the show tomorrow. We actually have my buddy Gavin Rosdale, my brother, my rock and roll brother from Bush. I'm excited that show should air in about a week or so. So make sure you tune in and uh, stay safe guys. Make sure you wear a mask and let's get through this thing together and have a great day. Speak to you soon.
0: Hey, how'd it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me. Fictional golf and Western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank.